0: Cool. I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below five. I'm just Captain Fun, I guess. We're a Captain Suit. The show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like that's it. What the hook? How do you, you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm gonna have a coroner. It's Stephen Fonsi, Brian Higgins with you today on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Paulie on his way back from Louisville. A couple guests lined up for you on the show today. We will speak with one Jerry McNamara coming up at 1230. He was picking up a one-point win last night on the road against the Cardinals. And then uh, 115, we'll be joined by Thad Brown, sports director at ROC in Rochester. Uh, he was in Cincinnati for the Bills-Bengals game Monday night, and uh, he'll provide an update for us on Damar Hamlin, and uh, we'll we'll talk to him about whether or not this game's going to get rescheduled, which I think it's it's looking more and more as though the, the game will, will not be completed, and I think that's probably the right decision, but uh, we'll talk with Thad Brown about that. Plus, we'll take your phone calls throughout at 315 437 Seventy six forty four. How are you today, Brian?
1: I am uh, good. I'm Pauly, so I can hit the buttons wrong, and I can do all sorts of stuff today. Nobody will is, know,
0: which is great. In fact, they, people might notice if you actually get it all right.
1: So. Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. I don't want to throw people off the scent here. I, I, I'm glad that uh, you know uh, the Bills guest for this hour gets to be on the show because uh, you know obviously things have gone a, a haywire in the Bills community. So everyone I had booked for my show is quite busy. Yeah, so they they won't be on today. Yes, <laughs> so I, we, and I understand. I, why. I, I'm glad we'll talk to Thad today to uh, to get an update. I, I you know you you know how it is in this. You book these things days in advance. I thought we were going to be talking about what a great game that was on Monday night and. Uh, the world has done change, so yes. well, here we
0: are. Uh, and we, we should uh, mention some positive developments. And again, I think everybody needs to be cautiously optimistic, but uh, there's been kind of two spokespeople for the family, right? There's been an uncle of DeMar Hamlin's, and then there's been this really good friend of DeMar Hamlin he's got some business dealings with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the friend today who said doctors saw some uh, some positive developments with the testing overnight, uh, his uncle yesterday had said that uh, DeMar Hamlin went from needing 100% oxygen to 50% oxygen. So again, that's a step in the right direction. Certainly not out of the woods yet. Still in critical condition. Still in the ICU. But I, I do think that there's some cautious optimism that uh, that there is at least some progress in the right direction. And um, you know, we can all just continue to hope and pray for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the thing about uh, the the amount of oxygen this morning, it sounds like he hit or at least what they're saying is he hit whatever benchmark they were hoping to hit this morning. It it doesn't mean you get to get up and walk out of the bed or, you know, you're still in a breathing tube and and the whole thing. So it's it's a lengthy process. This was a traumatic health event, and it's not something that uh, clears up quickly. So we'll see. And that's why all the rest of it, and, you know, it's weird to talk about it. and I I know you guys talked about it yesterday. It all ties into the NFL, and what are they going to do? Uh, do and the schedule and everything going forward and the fact that this happened right at the end of the regular season it's weird to talk about it but that is a mountain of logistics the NFL has to deal with so it's kind of weird to to balance the two against each other right. but they're forced into the corner to do it.
0: Right and it, it, yeah I think you feel awkward talking about football games and what are they going to do but I mean that is, um, that is part of, of what we need to talk about. Nobody's thinking about that obviously the, the, the priority and, and the importance is on the health of, of the young man that that's sitting in a in a hospital bed right now. Um but it, it will be interesting to see how the NFL handles this uh moving forward. Uh we'll certainly circle back into NFL and we've got Thad coming up in hour number two, but we'll begin the show obviously talking QS basketball. And you know, about all you could say with the game last night is is they won it and and that's that's important. I mean a a loss last night would have been I used the word devastating on the news last night. I, I said that you know they avoided a devastating upset. I, I I stand by that word. I mean that would have been a devastating loss last night um, to the NCAA tournament hopes and into the rest of the season. And you know what? They didn't play great, but they got the win and they've won seven of eight and they're three and one in conference play and their one loss is to a team that just knocked off Virginia last night. And um, so for the moment, anyway. I think all is well. Yeah. It, it today would have taken on a much different tone if uh, if that last possession went a little bit differently for Louisville.
1: Um, I, I don't know about you, Steve, but you know, I was getting ready to host the post game show, watching the game on the conference room around the corner here. The last eight seconds of that game, <clears throat> it, it was one of those things I just started laughing out loud because <laughs> it's just like the whole game was. It, it was a bad basketball game, as Jim Bayheim said on his his way off the floor, and I, I don't. You know, close doesn't mean good. Close mean it was entertaining. I will give it that. Like, you had to watch the thing because I still don't know what I saw last night. But I just started laughing because, like, I don't know what happened to Judah. Like, he blew a tire. And yeah. then, like, whatever happened coming back the other way for Louisville made even less sense. But it, it was, uh, I said this last night, or, or something to this effect, ripping off Batman. It, it was... um it was maybe not the ending the game needed, but it was the ending the game deserved. Like the game <laughs> had to end in the scurriest possible fashion. Syracuse should have won the game, I think. They did. Um and if they can go on Saturday at Virginia, and I'm not saying win, but just, you know, play something that resembles better basketball, I think you'll you'll chalk this Louisville game up as a win. If if this is a sign that uh, you're going to start playing wild basketball going forward then it is a big warning sign and I, I don't know which it is yet
0: yeah and we saw you know too many turnovers last night by both teams but we knew that that was an issue with Louisville going in that they turned the ball over a lot and they did and they had 21 turnovers in the game and it's a good thing they had 21 turnovers because they they turned it over on that last possession and, mm-hmm. and they needed every one of those in order to get the win I, I will by the way say this and I, and I didn't listen to the postgame show last night I was getting ready to do the news so the, you know you and I haven't talked about this in advance i I. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about how they handled the last 30 seconds of that game. I think strategically they did it right. Like I, I think fouling and not taking the chances. You know, and, and Louisville shot the ball pretty well from the outside. I think not taking a chance. I mean, they made 11 threes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not taking the chance somebody bangs a three in on you and you go into overtime. I think they handled it right. It's just obviously they didn't execute on that final play where Judas' trying to run off the clock and he slips and falls and they get the ball back but you know Jim Bay I'm saying afterwards just get you know just get fouled there you make your free throws and, and the game's over um I thought they handled it right what, what did you think uh
1: I think they 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 handled it sort of right and executed it very wrong I, I think you you gave
0: I think you gave the
1: foul too quickly
0: too quickly yes, I agree with, with that eight
1: seconds you're hoping that's with five
0: here, here yes and here's the thing I I agree with you on that that they there was a little bit too much time left on the clock. However, I do give credit to Louisville in that they knew the foul was coming and they attacked right away. They All didn't right. they didn't waste any time. They Louisville kind of forced SU's hand. That was the strategy, right? They decided they were gonna foul. They weren't in the bonus yet. We're gonna commit a couple fouls here, and then we will we'll put them in a one on one when the time comes. Louisville did a good job, I think, forcing the issue, making the fouls come quickly. And then but you're right the eight seconds was a little bit too much you would have preferred to, I I'm totally with you on that I think the I think the philosophy though was right mm-hmm. it just the execution as you said was was poor
1: yeah I, I think in this day and, day and there's still debate over it do you, do you foul or not when you're when you're up three late in the game uh Jim Bamheim has become a foul guy and my my theory is pretty much this you pick one it's like it's it's blackjack do you hit on 16 or you yeah, don't right. you you pick one and do it every time if you start mixing and matching around, the percentages are going to do weird things to you. It, it, it'll bite you sometimes. Pick whichever one you like and do that all the time. Uh, Jim Bams become a foul guy in that scenario. Okay, do it. Uh, you can see Gerard's reaction. I don't. I don't know if he like. He clearly knew he didn't quite want to do it that way. I don't know if that was he thought it was too soon or if he thought they had another foul to give. Um, but you know, you're right. They attacked, so he had to do something. And then the other side of it is you just. You you can't then screw up the, the yes. next part. Well, now, yes, that's, that's the, the you, <laughs> <laughs> that the, the thing. The execution went so squirrely, it makes the the plan look weird. It, it wasn't the problem with the plan. It's okay. You got two point guards on the floor. Don't don't do that. Do pick anything else and do the other thing. And Syracuse got very very lucky that it that it happened to work out.
0: Yeah. Um. And, and Judah was good again, and and Joe was great. And I you know I said this to you off air, and I I. I I'm just curious, and you hosted the post-game show last night. I, I'm curious what the reaction was to the way Joe played. Because for the people that blame him mm-hmm. for that stretch where he didn't play well, and, I mean, he he was awful three games in a row. We know that. St. John's, Bryan, and, and Illinois. He was awful, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. The same people that you know say, well, they lost those games because of him. Were people giving him credit last night? for They won that game last night because of Joe Girard. Uh, yes.
1: But not in the same proportion that he's taken blame. Yeah. Like in the games that he played bad and, and wore it, he was, I think, in a lot of people's minds, like the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten reasons that Syracuse lost the game. Last night, I think people were like, yeah, it's the reason the Orange won the game. But there's, a, well, he got a few shots blocked. Right. Well, yeah, he was the only one, trying, always a yeah to, the only one trying to score. There's always a yeah, but <laughs> yeah. when it comes uh, to him. and I, He had 28 points, seven rebounds. Um, he did turn it over five times, but 28 points, seven rebounds, three assists, got to the line. And oh, by the way, he made times. his free throws in,
0: in key spots yeah. at the end of the game. And so, you know, just like you said, there was, you know, he was reason one through 10 why they lost. Mm-hmm. I, I, he was reason one through three last night why they won that game. The points, the free throws, and that rebound he got. To to get fouled with what was it twenty four seconds left or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, he stuck his nose in there and got his seventh rebound of the game and and got to the free throw. And so uh, I just I was curious because I you know we get it a little bit on this show, but by the time we hit the air, it's always you know somewhat removed from oh, the game. The, whether the, it's the post game shows a wild and woolly place, Steve. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> did emo- it. Emotions are high. <laughs> I did it last year, yeah. so I'm I'm aware. I get it, um, and that's why I was curious. And you know, you look at at the BC game. I mean. They win that game and they end up winning it comfortably. A reason, a big reason why they won it comfortably is the play of Joe Girardi at 24 points, mm-hmm. and um he's been a, a really. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's kind of like when we look at the football season and we say, "Wow, you know, when Gary Schrader got hurt, it's like, wow, he's he's more important to that team than than we realized." And then when he's healthy, by by and large, they have been good. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe Girard, it's kind of the same thing. When when he plays well, it's like, oh. Yeah, okay. He is—he's really important to this team. And when he doesn't play well, oh well, you know, he's not a good player. It's—it's it's nonsense. They—they they need him to be good in order to have a successful season. And I think what we see it. It's not a coincidence when he plays well. This team is, generally speaking, plays pretty well. And
1: when you look at this team, Gerard, yes, uh, you know, he's had some outlier performances, and 28 points is a positive outlier. He has been, you know, statistically, I think, way more consistent than. <clears throat> Benny Williams, who had three points last night. If you want to look at like you want to look at the player on the team that's the like the actual barometer of how the game's going, it's him. Like he won the game in many ways against BC. Yes. Like the the first half was like what what's going on, and he had a right. huge second Benny half. Great. Benny, this is one of the first games the Orange have won this year when he's played poor. Yeah. Like he had three points. Now they had to do it against the worst team in the league. You look at him, and again, it's one of these games, and we've we've talked about the forwards and. Who are you going to put on the floor? And it's changed every game because you have no idea. I I honestly don't know what you do if you're Jim Bam at this point when you're deciding with. Like, you know, Joe Girard's going to be in the game. Like, you know, Judah Mintz is going to be in the game. You know, Jesse's going to be in the game at key points. At the forwards, I honestly don't know how he decides. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know what you do to decide because you can go into the game. Well, this team plays this way. He would play well against them. And then the game starts. And, well, wrong again let's right, pick somebody that's out, out the window yeah and right. I don't know how you pick right I don't know what you do to pick
0: right yeah it's uh it's head scratching uh, that was impressive by the way the uh, the, the rip, ripping the ripping of the jersey yeah. was was impressive um I I haven't seen that uh in a while um and it, and they quickly got another jersey on him that yeah. was impressive as well
1: but uh, don't don't rip another one Benny those are not in infinite reserve back at the ranch like there's you know supply chains there's a lot of things those jerseys don't show up quick so if you rip another one now
0: you, i don't know if you get to play the game after that nothing, <laughs>
1: you got to stitch it up there's nothing to wear you got to learn how to sew
0: it's the whole thing uh 3 rebounds last night for Benny 0 for 3 from the field in 28 minutes of action he he got time last night he just yeah. he, he didn't do much uh with that time Um, All right, we're going to take our first time out. I want to open up the phone lines. We do have Jerry McNamara coming up at 1230, but phone lines open uh, up until then at 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com.
1: We're getting funky on the artist of the day today, Steve. Apparently, we are. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Their drummer, Fred White, passed away yesterday at the age of sixty-seven. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire had a lot of songs, Steve. Like a lot of, a lot of uh, songs that we're not actually playing for our Q Sports Talk audience right now. Now they can join us in enjoying Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire. This is, uh, sing a song. Is what this is called, which is kind of what uh, Earthwind and Fire makes you do. So, Earthwind and Fire is our artist of the day today. And I like, whether you know the songs or not, like everyone knows all the Earth, Wind, and Fire songs, whether they think they do
0: or not. I think upbeat, it's a little, uplifting, yeah, some positive vibes good on vi- the show today. Good vibes
1: on a is today Wednesday. Good yes. vibes on a
0: Wednesday from Earthwind and Fire. We actually talked about that in Bridge Street today. That I, I have no idea what day of the week it is. I know it's 2023. I don't, I don't know what day it is. It's like January. I know it's single digits. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I third, I, fourth, fifth, something it, it like that. It is the
1: fourth, so says this computer. I'm impressed you know what year it is. Uh, you <laughs> like that this is the hardest week of the year to it ever is. know what year it
0: is. It is. There's always that uh, week or two like transition, you know, where you kinda have to get it out of your system writing the old year on checks and whatnot if you still write checks. I still write checks.
1: Okay. I'd say checks is not exactly where it comes out for me, but uh Sure, checks. We'll, I still we'll write, I
0: still write checks. We, we discussed this on the show before. I try to think, do I
1: write any checks on the regular? I, I, I don't think I have any monthly checks that need writing. My have...
0: dry cleaner only takes checks. Only takes checks. Or cash.
1: Oh, I'd say mine only takes cash. Well, they, you're they're not... doing cash. For...
0: I just meant they don't take credit
1: cards. Okay, well, no, no. I, I only roll in with with cash to the dry cleaner and the barber. I don't think I have anyone that takes just checks.
0: Fair enough. Then you don't have that problem right in the wrong year.
1: No, it's only like the water bill or something. You got to write a check. Right, yes. but, that, but that's like twice a year. So you're like, oh, I need <laughs> a check. What year is it? What? Yeah. What year? But by then it's
0: June, so I usually have a headlock. <laughs> right. Good point. Good point. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's hear from Jim Beheim following last night's win. Um. We've got a couple of uh, comments from him, beginning with uh, the play of Joe Girard. All
1: right. Here is uh, Jim on Joe. I'm just very thankful that, uh, you know, Joe Girard. Uh, he didn't want to lose the game, and he just made a couple shots that. You know, we shouldn't be in that position, but we made some really bad turnovers to get down. Then we fight back. Then we made a couple bad turnovers. You know, Joe just, he made some plays down the stretch. You know, Joe Girard, you know, he gets in there and gets seven rebounds, and we got three forwards that can't get seven all together, and, you know, we can't win that way. It's the most uh, frustrating thing I've ever seen in Forty-seven years of coaching. Um, how you can just watch and not go after the ball.
0: And the orange uh, did get out rebounded last night. Uh, Louisville plus five on the glass, and they had uh, a few. Uh, possessions uh, in in the the second half of the second half of that game, so the final ten minutes where they got multiple cracks at it, and Syracuse just could not get the defensive rebound to end the possession. And um, you know, college basketball teams, even even not great college basketball teams, are going to take advantage of two, three, four cracks at it on the offensive end. Brian,
1: yeah, second chance points, nineteen to seven. They took nine more shots, and <laughs> Coach Bam's point, like I I actually do believe this. You know, a lot of times I, I think coaches prone to a little exaggeration or hyperbole when it comes to oh the this is the most whatever i've seen and cuz he's seen a lot yeah he's seen a lot a lot's yeah. happened in 47 uh, years that um i believe him because it's the i haven't seen 47 years of syracuse basketball but i've seen a lot of years as of you steve it it's the most baffling thing i've seen in my entire life of watching syracuse basketball that the tall people besides jesse can't go get the basketball and grab it Literally, the forwards: Bell three, Benny three, Malik Brown zero in eleven minutes. Justin Taylor one. That's seven. Joe Girard, who's six foot on a tall day, seven. It's an ACC basketball game. It makes no sense. But now it's happened literally every game all season, pretty much. Jim's just kind of like half laughing at it, half has no idea what to do.
0: Well, right, and I think that that's the that's the thing, right? Because when this was happening early in the season, and Coach Beheim called out Chris Bell and and called out Benny, it was you know there was a small sample size this isn't a small sample size anymore right i mean and and he's continued no. to challenge them and it is it's so head scratching you're right it is it's game after game after game and benny has these flashes like he did against bc where he was aggressive he he played with an attitude that game and you know he finished with a double double and he's capable of doing that but it's it's become it's the exception and not the rule the rule with him and the forwards has been they're just not rebounding, and uh, yeah. and it is uh, it is head scratching to say the least.
1: I kind of, I mean I I get it to some extent with the freshmen. They are freshmen. It's still baffling. Um,
0: but now you're talking about 15 games in. Yeah,
1: but with Benny, I mean, and, and Jim last night said, well, he's or whatever he said. Well, he's still sort of his freshman. Year. No, no, he's halfway through his sophomore year. He's he's the most athletic guy in the court in pretty much every game they're going to play, and. I, I, I get it. Sometimes the other parts of your game aren't working. That's fine. Like that part of your game now, you know, other guys can out-rebound you they can box you. out. They can do whatever. Like that part of your game shouldn't just vanish. Like, okay, you don't make a jumper? Yeah, fine. Whatever. Like, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the rest of it.
0: And, you know, Jim talked last night about you know, getting to 50-50 balls and whatnot and, and that's that's one of those things. As you said Brian, you know, a, a team can box you out or, you know, can have better position than you but the, the 50-50 balls, like that's a that's a want to that's a i mm-hmm. i i I want to get to you know, I want that ball that ball's mine and the the forwards just don't seem to have that I, the mindset, a, aggression, personality trait, whatever it is, you know, as as Jim said last night, they're just not going after the basketball, and it is uh, it's frustrating. And again, you know, I go back to that that last rebound by Joe Girard, like that was he was not in position for that, like he went and got it, yeah, and he got fouled, and he made the free throws, and and that you know ended up being the difference in the game.
1: Hey, I mean, this is a way oversimplifying it, but you know, whatever level of sport you play, you play in the driveway, you play wherever. Uh, Basketball, whatever sport it is, Uh, isn't the sport more fun when you get to have the ball in your
0: hands? (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: like yeah, in basketball you have an opportunity. It's right there. You just go get it, and I've got the ball now. This is great. I can do things. I can do things. Yeah, Yeah. when you don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like it's right there. Just go. You're not gonna get it every time. You might get it
0: sometimes, and then you can have fun because now you have the basketball and you do whatever you want. And again, this can be the. The topic we discussed today, because they won. If they, if that last possession goes differently, oh. this, is, this is this is big picture about the rest of the season. And I mean, it's the, today the sky would be falling. But they got the win, um, and and again, the n- nobody's going to care at the end of the season that it was only a one point win over Louisville. It was a win, mm-hmm. and now you've won seven of eight. You, you're three and one in the conference, and you know this is an opportunity on Saturday. I, you know, Virginia is good. Uh, Virginia lost last night at Pittsburgh. We all saw that. They're going to be in a bad mood. They're going to want to bounce back. It's a home game. Um, but it is a shooter's gym to some degree. And you know you're going to be in the game because Virginia just plays close games. They right. play low-scoring, close games. It's a tough team to play against. But they've got a fighter's chance. I mean, why not? Why why can't they go there and win or or at least uh, you know put up a good fight? So this is an opportunity. I don't think anybody's expecting them to win. But it is an opportunity. I mean this is it's a quad one. This will be a quad one win if they if they're able to get. It. I mean, Virginia's gonna be in the top seventy five. It's a road game. Yep. And you desperately need quad one wins. This is a huge opportunity for Syracuse.
1: No, look at Virginia. And I think they're you know, I think they're good. They got up to three in the country a few weeks ago. That was just by order of when they lost. I don't think they were ever that good, but you know, I think they're, you know, somewhere between fifteen and twenty five, like reasonable. They're not as good as their national title team. It's, but it's going to be a good game they their pack line defense it's going to be there and I I think this week specifically it's going to be a very interesting test for Judah Mintz because him going against that defense that. yeah that's uh that is a collision of Styles which does not favor Judah at least in my
0: mind on the outside it's funny you should say that because I was I was just going to go there next about Judah that this is a big game for him because and and I think that you're right that the style is not great for Judah however I think if you're Syracuse you feel good that you have a guy like Judah who has the ability to beat his guy off the dribble mm-hmm. right and and that that is important against the backline defense draw and dish and you know if you if you draw a crowd somebody's got to be open he, but he he's he's turnover prone he he's got to be able to not go 100 miles an hour at all times. You know, maybe dial it back to 50 miles an hour and and find the open guy. But you're right, this is going to be a really important game for Judah.
1: Yeah, it feels like at least in recent vintage of of you know the Tony Bennett teams when Syracuse has won games and they've won their share. You know, it's been the game. So they shot it like the Malachi Richardson elite eight game or the game where Buddy was going further and further away yep. from the basket down there and just making crazy shots. I mean, Gerard's that guy on this team. But when you're the only one of those guys on the team, it, it's a
0: it's going to be a real interesting test against that D. Yeah, the backcourt is, is going to have to play very well, to say the least, for them to have a chance. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, on the other side, we'll, we'll talk with the man who's in, in charge of getting the backcourt ready. Jerry McNamara joins us on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportstalk.com. <laughs>
1: I, I feel this is the only non-like Earth, Wind, and Fire vibe. Earth, Wind, and Fire song we have I was today. I'm just
0: gonna say this is going against the vibe.
1: Uh, yeah, this is called uh, "After the Love Is Gone." This is about Pauly. He's not here today. I don't know.
0: You're sending this out long distance yeah. dedication.
1: Shout outs uh, on the road somewhere between Louisville and Syracuse to Pauly. <laughs> If you're li- listening, is Polly listening?
0: I doubt it. I doubt it. He's probably listening Every- to a podcast. Yeah.
1: Everything else is back to like the funky upbeatness, but this is after the love is gone. It's earth, Wind, and fire today. Artist of the day, their drummer, Fred white passed away yesterday. So we're, this is not really a Fred white song here, but we're grooving with earth, winded fire today.
0: All right. So we just had Jerry McNamara on a short segment here. As we get back on time, we're up against the top of the hour. Um, there, are, as I mentioned, there are three undefeated teams in the ACC conference. Uh, yeah, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, <laughs> right? It, you know, who who had Miami, Pittsburgh, and Clemson uh, being undefeated uh, four games in, and you know, is it is it parity? Is it is the conference? You know, is it mediocrity as a whole? Um, you know, and, and it may be too early to, to tell some of those things, but I I do think you know what Jordan was saying during the break is is Pittsburgh legitimately good? I think Pittsburgh's pretty good. They're not terrible.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. They're definitely not terrible. I. I it's two questions because I saw that score last night. I wasn't really, you know, doing the game, doing post game, didn't really see the game. Then you see the score. I'm like, what? Because I, like, Virginia is good, but I don't think they're great, but they're good. They're Virginia. And then Pitt goes in there. And then I watched the Pitt Syracuse game. And then we just watched that game last night. Like, what is this league? Yeah. And then I sat there for a few seconds and said, I have no idea. Right. Like, is this league good? Is this league terrible? The league still has North Carolina. I'm, I'm certain on a, on a good day that they're really good, like on a good day, but then they had a bad week and a half. I have zero clue what's going to happen in the league this year.
0: Yeah. Zero clue. Me too. And and that goes back to the point that Jerry was talking about, that it does feel like the league is wide open. And as, as, as much as last night, you know, it was sloppy, and it was, and it wasn't a great game to watch, and Syracuse didn't play well, but they won, and they're 3-1 and one now. And so, yeah. you know, we, we said this going into the conference, that their, their non-conference schedule, the way that it went, it's certainly not going to be a positive, and it could be used against them, depending on how some of these teams and, and how the season plays out and where everybody falls with the quad one through four. And it, that, that
1: statement might apply to the whole league as a whole. That's right? fair.
0: That's fair. But how do you get back on track with your NCAA tournament resume? You got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and then win some of the games that you're not supposed to win. And last night fell under the category of win a game that you're supposed to win. And they did. And now they've got an opportunity on Saturday for something that falls in the other column, which is win one of the games you're not supposed to. And last night's loss would have been devastating if I mean, you know, Louisville is at the bottom of the barrel in the ACC and you know, we talk about quad one through four. I mean, they're almost in their own quadrant with how far <laughs> down they are. Um, you know the fact that the first number begins with a three is not a good sign. It's not thirty. Um, they needed to win that game, and they did. And mm-hmm. it wasn't pretty, but they got it. And and now again, you know they've got an opportunity for what will be a quad one win. I mean, Virginia is going to be a quad one on the road uh, opportunity. And um, I, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. I, you know, I don't know if Syracuse wins it or not. I mean, Virginia's certainly better, but. You know the way they play. It's going to be close. And, uh, you know, can Syracuse make enough shots to get the job done? That's what it's going to come down to.
1: Yeah. I thought Notre Dame was going to be a quad one-win, too. That's, um, uh, that's proven that's to be incorrect. That's not looking good. <laughs> uh, that, the Virginia one I feel more confident yes. about than Notre Dame, who's now 0-4 in the league. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got the standing ups now, Steve, and it's just, huh. Like, that's my whole reaction to the standing. Huh, look at that. Like, North Carolina is 9-5, and 1-2 and two in the league right now. I'm still reasonably certain... That they they're, are the best good. team in the league. Yeah. Except they refuse to play like it. Yeah. I mean, now, Virginia's that,
0: got two league losses. Uh has got two league losses. Carol- North Carolina's got two league losses. Yeah.
1: Carolina's still probably got the team that has like the best chance if anyone's gonna like do something. Go on a run. Like yeah. crazy, like Talent-wise. win the national championship. Talent wise, yeah. Like they didn't have it figured out at this point last season either, but yeah, look at the standings. This is in fourth. All right. That's not bad. <laughs> It's I not mean, again, at all. now you've you've played the presumptive bottom of the league in many ways, but we may have presumed wrong. Like, Pitt's 4-0, so maybe you haven't played the presumptive bottom of the league. B.C., who was supposed to be trash, I don't think they're great, but they're 2-2 and in the league. So I, I don't know. I don't know what we know. Like, Virginia's 2-2 and in the league.
0: Duke's got a loss.
1: I have zero like Notre Dame. I, I still thought they were good. They're zero and four in the league. I I guess I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, talk but. about talk about uh, experience. I mean they they're old yeah. uh, with you know JJ Starling in the starting lineup, and then everybody else is you know fourth fifth year guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've lost a bunch of close games. So yeah, it's a it's head scratching, but. Uh, I mean, every night is. We've talked about this for years. That you know, there's no easy games in the ACC. There really aren't. And it used to be that the ACC was so good. I'm not sure that the ACC is necessarily so good anymore. But there is, I mean, there are good teams, and there is a lot of parity in this yeah. conference.
1: I don't think there's a, a you know, in a lot of years you went into them like well. Syracuse, like even with decent Syracuse teams, like well, they're not beating Virginia this year. You're not, you're not beating right. Carolina this year, and, and there's
0: none of that now. I and mean, you can win any game, or you could lose any game on your schedule. And you know, I,
1: I realize Syracuse has had its moments at Cameron, but that was like, yeah, hey, you're probably not winning that game this year. It's like, well. Yeah, they can win all these games. I know they're not going to. I just have zero clue (laughs) which ones. Yeah, (laughs) so I guess that's why we got to watch them all because the orange are going to have wins and losses this year. But uh, predicting which ones are going to be which, uh, that's going to be a fool's errand. Well,
0: we all we all do it right during football season. We say, well, that should be a win. That should be a loss. You know, we add up to oh, they're going to be seven and five or six and six. You can't do that with basketball. I mean, you you could predict what the record might be. Yeah, but if you try to go game by game, that's uh, that's uh, a. Not going to go well. Um, you're, you're not going to get too many of those predictions right. because Not, it's, not it's this a, year. No, it's a, it's going to be a wild year. All right, we're up against the clock here. Uh, hour number one in the books. We do have uh, Thad Brown from WROC Rochester. He'll join us at one fifteen. Full nines open. Until then, back after this on ESPN Radio.